Hey, it's Zach at ReCenter. Uh, as we've talked about, this podcast is called ReCenter because it's like a reply to our church family about the things in culture, almost like letters to the church. So we thought it'd be appropriate uh, to put Pastor Mark's moment that he shared last Sunday about the image of God and how we need to mourn with those who mourn in response to all the shootings going on, especially in light of the horrific shooting in Atlanta. And so we want to just mourn with those who mourn, weep with those who weep, uh, not get political, but show the love of Jesus to those who are hurting and to feel with them what they feel and to love them and to point everyone back to this idea of the beauty of kingdom diversity um, and following Jesus. So listen into what he says. I hope it challenges you. I hope it's encouraging to you. And I hope all of it brings us closer to being like Jesus by the power of his Holy Spirit. Love you guys. Listen in and, uh, and pray with me after. Lord, we trust that you are the one who sustains your people. You are the one that we need. So we set our hearts before you and invite you to come and do all that you want. In your name we pray. Amen. I mean, go ahead, grab a seat. Well, that song is a beautiful reminder of the goodness of God, of the nearness of God to his people who are in need. And it's a, it's a picture of how God sustains us and meets us. And it's a needed reminder for us as a church family and, and in this moment for our culture as a whole, a reminder of what God can be for his people. Now, I'm going to um, address some of the cultural brokenness for us in this time as a nation. But before we get to current events... Let's zoom out and remember the big picture story of who God is and what he is doing and what is available for us. So out of an abundance of love and a desire to generously share all that is good with others, God created man and woman and set them in an environment where they could thrive and flourish under his good care and his leadership. But in the most tragic event of human history, our first parents turned from God and chose their ways over his ways, and they sought to live their lives independently and autonomously of God and build their own little kingdom with their agenda and lead their life independently of God. And sadly, that tragic reality has continued throughout human history up to this day where one way or another, all of us, in one way or another, choose our ways over God's ways. We seek to live our life independently of him on our own terms. And this is what the Bible calls sin. And that is the reality of why we see so much brokenness and pain in our world every time we turn on the news. The, the reality is that sin leads to death in every way imaginable. But the hope-filled reminder for us and what sustains us is the reminder that God is generous enough to not just leave us in what we deserve to get what we should get, but God initiates restoration and salvation by drawing near to us in the life and the death and the resurrection of Jesus as Jesus comes to do what we could not do. And the good news of the Bible is Jesus in our place for our good. And that is the hope of the gospel, that he would bring reconciliation where there was division, restoration where there was brokenness, and deliverance where there was bondage. First and foremost, between us and God vertically, but also spilling out from our restored lives horizontally to our relationships with others as well, that healing and restoration. And you see, God does this because God is for human flourishing. 
God desires for people to flourish, not to be harmed. And for those people who have united their lives to the way of Jesus and they're seeking to advance his kingdom work, the people of Jesus are to now do what Jesus would do and draw near to brokenness and work for human flourishing and to bring healing and restoration so that, not so we can point to ourselves, but so that we can point to the true source of life, God, and lead people to know him and be restored in and through him. And this is, my friends, the big story that we have been invited into. We are reconciled in order to bring reconciliation. We are made whole in order to bring healing to others. And we are blessed in order to be a blessing to others. And with that foundational reminder, we now turn to current events in our day. So this week, our acting elder board talked through what God might be calling us as a church family to do and to be in response to just the brokenness we're seeing in our culture at this time. And as we talked and prayed and wrestled through what has taken place, we felt led to address the situation that took place in Atlanta. A little over a week ago, a young man went to multiple massage parlors in Atlanta and began opening fire. And tragically, eight precious lives were lost. And in the aftermath of that tragic event, sadly, both sides of the political argument have staked out their claims in the territory for the cultural narrative and are fighting back and forth in a variety of ways and arguing over what has actually happened and what should be done. Since six of the eight victims were Asian women, some have drawn attention to the historical experience of many within the Asian community of being mistreated or discriminated against in a variety of ways. Now, others, citing the fact that the man who did the shooting said that he was not racially motivated, and it was not racism that led him to do what he did against these women, but that actually why he did what he did was because he was trying to remove a source of temptation for him in his sexual addiction. And at, up to this point, the police and the FBI have said that it does not appear to primarily be a racially motivated crime. And in light of that statement, some people have said that what took place in Atlanta has nothing to do with racism. So people should not be bringing that up in this time, in this moment, because what happened in Atlanta was not primarily racially motivated. And that is what some in our nation have been saying back and forth and over the news and, and on social media, people have just gone to all out war to address this moment and to fight one way or another. And they are speaking more than they are listening. And it is quite obvious in our culture at this time that people are more interested in winning an argument than in being peacemakers who bridge reconciliation. And as our culture becomes increasingly fragmented and broken and divided off into our tribes, fighting over what we think needs to happen, as our culture becomes broken in this way more and more each week, we need a reminder that the church is not to reflect the brokenness of our world and our culture in that way. And that what is happening in our culture should not be reflected in the church. And the posture and the priorities and the tone and the focus of the church should be fundamentally different than what we see in our brokenness in our culture at this time. And so I need you to hear me. What I am about to call us to is not one side of the culture wars or another. This is not even a political statement. 
I'm basically just going to say what Jesus has said. But in our warped moment where every conversation is a minefield and people misinterpret or misrepresent words and they think you're associated with something else, I need you to hear me. This is not politics. This is us as a church looking at the image of God in other people and seeking to respond like Jesus would. You see, what we need to remember, once again, is that God is for human flourishing. He works for it. And what we saw in the life of Jesus was Jesus would draw near to brokenness, not avoid it. Jesus drew near to sorrow and brokenness. He did not avoid it. And Jesus calls his people absolutely to do the same. You see, I'll be honest with you. I don't know what was truly in that man's heart who committed that atrocity. But that does not remove me from my responsibility to grieve with those who are grieving. To listen to those who are in pain and to love those who are in need. You see, if you step back and ask the question, was it primarily racism or misogyny that led that man to do what he did? I don't know. After the FBI conducts their investigation and classifies what this crime was, will they say that it was a hate crime or simply first-degree murders? I don't know on either count. But frankly, it doesn't matter. In terms of what my response should be to those who are grieving, I don't know how the sins in this man's heart mixed together in a way to lead him to do what he did. But in no way at all does that remove me from my calling to follow Jesus into brokenness when I see it. And this incident has led to many within the Asian community to speak up about their experiences of being dishonored, of feeling unwelcomed, or even feeling unsafe in different situations. And some in our nation have responded by saying that it appears to this point that this act by this man was not primarily racially motivated. So don't bring up those issues of race and don't bring that up right now because that doesn't have anything to do with this. And sadly, even within the American church at large, some have been quicker to speak than to listen, which is literally the opposite of what the Bible calls us to. And in a desire to avoid giving ground to some arguments in our culture and politically, in a desire to avoid some legitimately, to be said, unbiblical and unbalanced and wrong political arguments in our day, in a desire to avoid any association with some of those, some people in the church have avoided even stepping near this brokenness or this pain or the sorrow of prejudice against others racially. And guys, in a desire to win an argument, some have refused to listen and instead have preferred to just talk. And many have just followed the script, 
for whatever political party or whatever news media outlet or whatever they've heard online, they have repeated those lines more than listening and grieving like Jesus would. And so guys, I've got to call us into a moment as a church. This isn't a politics issue. This is an image of God issue. And I need you to think in those categories. So forget what you've heard on the news. Stop thinking through the filter of social media right now. And just listen to the details of what took place in Atlanta. And think through the lens of what God designed us to experience. A young man became ensnared in a sexual addiction that increasingly drove him into isolation. Women were objectified and used rather than honored and treasured. Eight people were shot and lost their lives. And many within the Asian community have spoken up about how this reminds them of how they feel dishonored oftentimes. And every, every single one of those facts is a tragedy and the opposite of God's design for human flourishing. And it should lead us to grieve. And many people in the church at large have refused to even open up a conversation about this brokenness and draw near. And guys, the reminder for us is this is not a politics issue for us. This is an image of God, people with a soul and a heart that aches issue. This is a determining issue for us. How will we view sin? And how will we respond to the brokenness of other people around us? And the reality is on both sides of the political aisle, they speak in foolish and wrong ways. And they speak in unhelpful ways. And they seek to stoke the flames of division, to divide people further, to advance their agenda, and to dehumanize the other side. So we're, we're not looking to play the game in terms of the, the way that the politics have defined this game. We're not stepping into this on the side of one political party or another. To be honest, they're both unhelpful in many ways in this situation. And we are to draw near to an image of God issue and love. And guys, this isn't even primarily or exclusively about what took place in Atlanta, although it is, and we want to speak to those evils. This is an image of God issue. And brokenness is everywhere. Just this week, there was another mass shooting in Boulder, Colorado that deserves a statement. Sadly, there will be more mass shootings in our nation in the months to come. And the sad thing is we couldn't even address all of them. We can't have a moment for every one of these. But we as a church need to have a posture and a tone and leaning towards brokenness the way that Jesus did, not reflecting the brokenness of our culture. So what kind of a church are we going to be? That's the question. What kind of a church will we be in this cultural moment? One that does the hard work of being peacemakers 
Or will we repeat the lines of the news media and our political party and just perpetuate the brokenness and dehumanize the other side and stay entrenched on our side of the argument and talk more than we listen? What kind of a church will we be? One that follows Jesus into the brokenness or one that avoids it? And to put our cards on the table, what we hope to be is that we hope to be a church that makes people feel what they felt when Jesus sat across from them. As Jesus would honor and love and serve and bless and welcome and restore dignity to those who needed it. So to our brothers and sisters in the Asian community who maybe this event has brought something up in your heart and it's, it's reminded you of some ways you've been demeaned, we grieve with you if you are experiencing that. And we want you to know that you are loved, you are valued, you are welcomed, and this church is for you. And we don't just want to welcome you, we need you to help us make this a church that reflects God's kingdom. And we need you, and we want you to know that you are loved. So here's what we're going to do in this moment. We're going to have a time of prayer and give you a chance to do what the Bible says, which is to grieve with those who grieve. And seriously, guys, we see this news so often. We see it cluttered amidst everything else that we see in our social feeds, and we barely even feel what we should feel about these tragedies. So take a moment and pray for those who are grieving. For Boulder, Colorado for Atlanta and anything else. And in addition to praying for those who are grieving, I want to ask you to pray what the Bible calls us to, to say, God, search my heart, search me and know me. And if there's anything displeasing to you, God, expose that to me. And may you set your heart before God in any way at all that you have been wrong or unchristlike in the midst of this cultural moment. So go ahead and take a moment to pray for those who are grieving, as well as to let the Lord search your heart and to speak to you. So here is what we want to call us to as a church in this moment. May we not be a people who just parrot the lines of the New York Times or Fox News or CNN or Ben Shapiro or any other news media outlet. 
may we not reflect the tone and the posture of our culture. And we want to call you to do what Jesus did and draw near to brokenness and sorrow wherever it shows up in your life. And we want to call you to be humble enough to listen, to be brave enough to ask someone about their experience. We want to call you to be able and willing to grieve with those who grieve and to sit down with those who are in need. Guys, this isn't a politics issue. This is an image of God issue. And may we be a people who reflect the heart and the tone of Jesus. I'm going to ask you to join me in prayer as we close this moment. Jesus, we need you. We cannot do this on our own. We want you to make this a church that draws near to brokenness, not avoids it. Where we listen more than we talk where we love rather than avoiding. And may we be a people that have a counter-cultural experience for others as they come in. Where amidst the grieving, we rejoice in you. And may we make people feel what they felt, Jesus, when they sat apart from you. Make us into that kind of a church and do your work in your name. Amen.